You know, when you hear that killer track, it's time for one thing and one thing only, another episode of your favorite podcast. It is Hockey, the podcast, and a very special episode, although I say that for each and every one, because it's the last episode where we are in double figures, because the very next time you hear the show, will have reached the magical 100 mark. Uh, that's not to say that the other 99 or 98 before this one haven't been magical. They certainly have. But yeah, it's been a, an amazing journey uh, with my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard, as we head towards the century. Ty, how are you doing? Derek, good evening to you. It is evening. Uh, I... You know, you, you always say it's a special edition, and I always try and justify which uh, greeting I use. I'm always like, good evening. It is evening, <laughs> uh, even though some people listen to it in the morning. And, you know, we have a lot of regular listeners are probably thinking, Tyron, just shut up and just say, how's it? <laughs> so, how's it, Derek? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's uh, been good to get uh, the sleep back to normal after rather early mornings in Tokyo. Uh, getting through a financial year and then my day job. Um, but yeah, lots of great news popping out, lots of stories popping out, hockey creating so much content right now. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we're doing is really spending a lot of time honoring some fantastic people who have uh, served our country and our sport so well uh, over the past decade or more. And, and that's exactly what we're going to do in episode 99. Uh, is we are going to celebrate another fantastic hockey person. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep on saying this, put us out of our misery, but of course, the people have logged on. Uh, they know exactly who it is because there's a massive poster, there's an entire blurb written about this person. Uh, but for those few that accidentally just click, clicked on the show and don't know what they're doing here, uh, Ty, put us out of our misery. <laughs> well, Derek, we have none other than Lisa Marie Dietlifs. She is the fifth highest capped SA women's hockey player in history with 271 test caps. She has been to three Commonwealth Games, three Hockey World Cups, and of course now three Olympic Games. Should have been four, but we won't get into that tonight. Um, and she's joining us because people would have read, uh, will be listening just after she's announced the news that it has been time to hang up that Osaka stick and give somebody else the opportunity to break strikers' hearts. And, of course, she's joining us now uh, to, to talk about this decision, to talk about the highs, the lows, the, the memories of an incredible career. Lisa, welcome back to the show. I, I'm sure you're also a triple, well, you're actually probably more than a three-time uh, appearance person on Hockey the Podcast now. Uh, but we'll just, because you like the triples, triple Olympian, triple Commonwealth gamer, Triple World Cup and triple guest on Hockey the Podcast, Lisa Dietlis. <laughs> Hectic. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Derek, for having me. Um, that's a bit of an introduction there. I went like the palms are a bit sweaty after that one. It <laughs> was a, a total well, of four, I mean, four and a half minutes intro for, for our guest. But, yes. Uh, but, but worth it, though, Ty. I mean, it, it was superb. I mean, we all know it's evening. We all know who's on. But uh, yeah, Lisa, you've made the decision to to hang up your stick. Uh, 271 caps. I mean, many people just dream about representing their country once. You did that and then did it 270 more times. I mean, it's frankly 
absolutely sensational what what you've achieved in your career how many times the longevity of your career um you must look back at it now with a massive amount of of pride no definitely Tyron. i think like you said i mean this was a dream what uh, for me oh, let me do my maths quickly 16 years ago that i said okay you know i i want to make the team and i want to try be there for as long as possible so to be uh, um, able to to have been afforded that opportunity and that honor um, to represent my country for that many caps, really, yeah. I, I mean, I battle to even find the words um, to explain it, but I'm, I'm just very grateful and thankful. And, I mean, Lisa, over over the journey, I mean, the one thing that would have been popping up now while you were in Tokyo is that the next 12 months are quite action-packed. I mean, you've got the Commonwealth Games, you've got the African Cup and the World Cup in the space of pretty much 10 months from now. Was there an inkling in your heart to try and push it out and eke out one more major tournament at all? Um, I think, of course, um, that is in the back of the head. But I think, to be honest um, and completely frank, um, this past year was already that that push for me. Um, after the whole postponement of the Olympics um, and Corona and the impact it had on the fact that we couldn't play, um, it did have quite a mental effect on me. And... Um, also physical because I'm, I'm not like I'm not the spring chicken anymore. So my body stopped starting. Actually, I think put me more back than anything. So it was really hard work to keep going for the the twelve months leading up to Tokyo. And I just thought, you know, if I can't give my hundred percent, it's not fair. Um, so I think the decision was purely made on the fact that I, I just physically, even though I would love to do it physically, I just can't. I can't, and that wouldn't be fair, you know, to continue and. And stop someone else from from being able to do a better job than me. So yeah, it was it was a tough decision, but um, I think the right one, definitely the right one. Yeah, Lisa, congratulations on an absolutely stellar career. And you, you speak about the fact that it, it was one final push this year. I mean, how how big a blow was that uh, on your your plans? I mean, was that always the idea to to call it quits after the Olympics and then? when you realized that it was going to be extended by a year and that hopefully holding thumbs that it was going to take place in 2021, you're like, shucks, is that still on on the cards? I mean, was that always the planning and, and how much did that disrupt your thinking? Yeah, no, I, I think definitely for me, the plan was always to finish the four-year cycle and I was aiming to, you know, finish it at World Cup and Commonwealth. Um, I always thought, okay, cool, with the Olympics in 2020, you can kind of, you always know that the year post that is, is a bit of a dip. Um, so then the body can recoup and then pick it up again. And I just think, yeah, working the other way around just didn't work for me. And um, yeah, it just, it opposes another challenge. And I, I've been fortunate enough that, you know, in, in terms of planning, I would have always had that support still, you know, school being really supportive and letting me do what I need to do. My parents back me. So it was never, that was never the, the reason as to why I couldn't, it was just physically, it just, it, it was time to, to say, okay, the body can't do it anymore. You, you, you say that Lisa, but obviously, I mean, you, you've done that, you've been there. And uh, I, I don't know if everybody knows this and if you're really willing to talk about it, but you almost didn't get the opportunity to go to Tokyo because you had a little bit of a scare with uh, mm. the, the COVID tests. I mean, uh, I mean, when you when you first heard that you had tested positive, I mean, how did how did you react? How did you have the mental fortitude to even just overcome that? 
Sure, Taryn, again, here come the sweaty palms. Um, yeah, I think uh, for those that didn't know, I um, I wasn't feeling too fresh about, what was it? Uh, we had the holding camp on the Saturday in Poch, and Tuesday we had a camp in Joburg, and I, I felt a bit of a sniffle, so I said to Rob, okay, cool, should I just go for a testing case? Because, of course, I wouldn't want to be the reason to, you know, that there's an outbreak within the team. So it's like, yeah, yeah, go. And I'll never forget, I got that result and was positive and I just went cold. And I started crying and I phoned Rob and everyone was crying and I was like, what now? You know, what? And actually, I think at that point, no one knew what to do um, because it didn't happen. And especially a week before we were supposed to fly. Um, and then the next day, I went um, for another test and came out negative. So I was like, okay, hold on, what's going on here? And then um, they were like, okay, well, you got to produce two negatives. So then the next day I go and I'm positive again. So I'm like, oh, sweet baby cheese. Now what, you know? And then um, I think the the then I got ne uh, negative results for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was able to, to um, you know, uh, meet the team at the airport and fly. So I missed that whole camp. Wasn't allowed to be with the team. Um, but yeah, uh, mentally, to be honest, I don't think I ever overcame that. Um it was a huge roller coaster, especially the fact that it was positive, negative, positive. Um, but I, I know a few of the men also experienced it. So shame we kind of created a, a group of, of support between all of us. And I'm just so thankful to to those guys as well um, in the men's team because, yeah, Rusty, Tim, and, and Austin, shame they were they were such um, champs in, in helping me through that. So yeah, don't think I fully recovered, but definitely to a point where I was like, okay, you know, it's done. Can't you know? change it so I'm just gonna have to try to put all the energy I have left in in picking myself up and, and going to Tokyo. Yeah you you mentioned Rassi and it's interesting because we played a golf game uh about what was the time about a month before Tokyo 2020 and yeah, yeah. and so we had a, a golf tournament we had arranged it about the, among 16 friends including Rassi and you know, he came there and and he was he was fantastic. He he made it through to the final of our little tournament, but you know he didn't want to shake anyone's hands and he was fist pumping everyone mm. and he was making sure that that he, he kept social distancing at at an absolute premium. And you know, I, I look back and I think it's it's astounding. Uh, I mean, you, you almost want to wrap yourself in cotton wool, um, yeah. surely before before things like that happen because I, I mean it can ruin. I mean, you're a, a veteran of, of two other Olympic Games, so of course you want to make it your third. But, I mean, imagine someone who would be doing it for the first time and it gets taken away from them by virtue of the fact that they caught it uh, by someone who was being silly or just went out there and didn't really care uh, if other people got it. And, and I can't imagine how tough that must be as, as a human being because, I mean, of course myself and Ty are careful, but because if we get it, we get it and that's that. Uh, it's It's a whole different world for 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 yourself and 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 for the other olympians or future olympians uh, i mean I, I just can't imagine that feeling how how careful you have to be around everyone everything and just make sure that you can get on that plane and you can finally go okay i've made it now i can kind of breathe a sigh of relief no for sure and and i think derek the thing that, that got me the most was as i'm a paranoid person by nature and um that just heightened everything and i mean you were stepping on glass, like, uh, you know, you didn't know, you, you weren't allowed to see anyone. I mean, I even went to my principal and I was like, listen, can I please, uh, you know, we were starting to head into the third wave and I was like, can I please get off school? Because I feel like I'm, 
I'm sitting in, a, in, in an area where it's waiting to happen, you know? So they were like, of course, go home, isolate. So I was literally at home or at Saints training, at home or at Saints training. And then, like you say, just it happens. And then you're like, now what? And I, yeah, I, I, I battle to even describe it because for me, I, I mean, I spoke to my mom and I was like, you know what? If it is and it is positive, then I've been very fortunate to to go to two. So I've got to just hold on to that and be grateful. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to, to like fathom how it would feel for first time Olympian. Um, it, it actually happened to one of my friends in the water polo team, um, the captain, and I was actually shattered shame. And we were speaking like, because she also tested positive, but then shame remained positive and actually had a withdrawal. Um, and it's just, it was heartbreaking because, you know, it's like you said, it's the first time it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and you don't know if you're going to get it again. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know how scary that must be. And, and and to get that result saying that you are positive and, and congratulations for remaining positive in terms of your outlook and, and overcoming what uh, could have been an absolutely potential disaster. Well, it was regardless, but uh, you managed to overcome <laughs> it. Um, t- tell us with regards to your your retirement, uh, is it purely on the international stage or are you saying goodbye to the provincial side of things too? Um, it's a bit of a tricky one. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's for me, it's international. Um, I did have a bit of a, a wobble where I was like, no, I need to get away completely. Um, and, you know, like just step away. And then two days later, again, I was like, oh my gosh, no, I'll like be, become depressed. So I've definitely stepped away from the international scene. Um, provincial, I will not be playing that this year. Um, I might play a few club games, but I, I think... I just, yeah, I need to recoup physically and and mentally, and just take a little bit of a time out to, you know, to to just gather my thoughts, um, try figure out what I'm going to do for the future, because I think that's that's been the most um, nerve wracking thing with all of this is is I actually, I, yes, I work at a school, but I just in terms of hockey, it has been my life for for the past what 14, 15 years. So I just need to figure that out first before I I think jump back into it. Um, but I mean, I definitely want to coach still, so I'll stay in 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 the hockey world. I don't think I'll be able to leave that permanently. Lisa, uh, obviously, before we look forward at what what you've got planned for the future, because uh, there'll be plans, we can look back and look back at your career, and and obviously, three Olympic games, three Commonwealth games, three World Cups. You are an Olympic goal scorer, um, mm-hmm. which uh, was pretty cool when I was putting those lists together. Um, uh, but what stands out, and, and it's unfair to ask someone who's had 271 caps to pick one memory. So without giving you a finite number, what are some of the best moments that stand out over your career? Um, I think without like sounding cliche, um, definitely my first cap. Um, I was called up in very weird circumstances as well from the, the USIS team when we still had that. Um, so that would definitely be the number one um, playing, um, my first cap in Stalys. And then I think stepping out into the stadium in Beijing was, sure, I um, I still get the chills thinking about that. Um, I never thought I'd ever get there. Um, and, yeah, the, the, just being on the biggest stage. Um, Shelly Russell and I were the youngsters, so we were, like, absolutely gobsmacked by everything. So that one. And then um, I think a mo- more recent one would be our win against the U.S. Um, at World League in 2017. That was a very, very special moment um, for, for our team and also one that, yeah, it, it was an 
a remarkable match. So I think that those are the the ones that stand out really, um, if I can think off the top of my head. Yeah, that was the Candace Manuel match, if I, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, for, for all the hockey fans, you'll remember that uh, Candace was the one that scored. And, uh, and obviously that was the, the game that qualified you for the World Cup because it meant you yeah. went into the, the top five, I think it was, or sixth or fifth yes. or whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the girls have quite a tough uh, tough time over the next year. Uh, and, and what we've seen is a lot of... Um, um, what is the word? A, a lot of inexperience now in the team. A lot of the experienced players have moved on. The Giles Bonnet uh, era, I mean, it was really you and just one or two others that were, were from that era and still there. How important do you think it is that we try and get some of those experienced players involved in the squad from a coaching and management point of view? No, I think it it, it is exceptionally important. I think... Um, you know, we've always said that um, we we know, and and I don't want to use it. It's not a crutch. Um, we we don't. We're not fortunate enough to play as many games as the other nations. And I think, um, you know, if we can leech on that that experience that we we we've had from past players, why not? Um, and I always believe you can add value after playing. You know, and 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 pass that down. And and yes, we've, we've got maybe, as you say, an inexperienced, inexperienced team, but you, it's always going to happen. We know that that's going to normally happen after an Olympic cycle. So I just think, yeah, we need to find other avenues of how we can accelerate that, um, that like, can you use progress? I don't even know what the word is, um, you know, for, for the team going forward till next year, because it is, it's a massive year. Um, we know that World Cup's massive. We know that Commonwealth wealth is massive. And yeah, I, I know personally, I would love to be involved and try help wherever I can. And I know there'll be many other players around the country that, um, yeah, wherever we can help, we want to help because we know that it, it isn't always the easiest road, you know, for the team. So, yeah. And it doesn't matter how long I do this, uh, <laughs> there will always be a time and a call that I start talking with my mute button still pushed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Lisa, if if we go over your career, right? Uh, at the early days, you you started, and I mean, you and I know this that uh, you uh, looked up towards the likes of of Lindsay Wright. Were there other players over your careers? And and obviously, she wasn't right back then. She was. She wasn't wrong. Either. Oh, wow. That was bad. <laughs> uh, she was Lindsay Carla. Lindsay, I, I know you listen, so I'm sorry. That was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, were there other players that you, you looked up to or, or played a big role in developing you into to the great player you became? Yeah, I think Lindsay, for me, definitely was, in the beginning of my career, a, a, an idol. Um, I mean, she used to coach me at... Um, hockey at, um, at Ramberg and um, I always said, mom, that's how I'm going to be and I want to play along Lindsay, you know, and then unfortunately she retired in 2006, if I'm not mistaken, and I only made the team in 2007. But then, of course, I mean, I made the team where the likes of Marsh Marsh were in there. Um, okay, Peter didn't come back yet. Uh, you know, Kathleen Taylor, Jen Wilson, Shanae Bailey, and they were all, they were all my idols. But I think if I look at it, over the years, the person that had the biggest impact um, in the team for me was definitely Marsha and Marcel Keat. Um, I think Marsha, one of the most phenomenal captains that I've, I've ever played under. And um, there's just something about her. That, uh, also, I spoke the other day about it. It's just 
you you don't want to ever let it down, you know, and, and that brought a different dynamic out of you as a player. And you were like, okay, I'm always going to strive to be better. And she, she had a way of like getting that out of you without demanding it or like, you know, like shaking it out of you. You just wanted to do it for her. And uh, yeah, she had a massive impact on, on, on my career. And then Marcel Keat, of course, I mean, you know, she's the most phenomenal person out and um, shame. She's, she's been there with me in, in a lot of highs and a lot, a lot of lows. And I owe so much to her too. So I think those would be the two that um, had the best, biggest impact um, on me throughout my career. And, and I mean, obviously as a defender, um, you, you built lots of defensive partnerships over the years. Was there anyone particularly that you just loved playing alongside? Sure, that's. A and I mean, I call thing. you a defender, but you will. I know you play, could play in the middle as well, but uh, we categorize you as a defender. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think Kate, Kate Hector, or, or you know, um, Kate Woods. Now, um, she also was phenomenal to play uh, alongside. Um, I played with Cindy also for a while, Cindy Brown. Um, Marsh and I played a while together as well, which was awesome um, because, I mean, we played uh, for SA and also alongside each other for, for Southern. So that's, I think that relationship was the strongest or, or the longest, should I say. Um, are you talking specifically in the middle? Because this is putting me on the spot, Tyron. But yeah, I, I, I mean. I mean, you pick because it's your, it's your interview, whatever works for you. So you <laughs> nah, can dictate. Um, it, it's it's tricky because I think everyone I've played alongside has been awesome. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think the standout for me would 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 be Kate Marshan and also T Bright. I think in the middle. Just on that subject of captaincy, you you speak about Marsha and and how amazing she was to play under, and, and it's it's interesting because I've spoken to so many sportsmen and ladies, and when we speak about captains, it's pretty much the same theme. Where they they mention it's it's the ones that that play that lead by example, not by words, and and yeah. and they certainly can have a, a very inspirational speech that they use, but more often than not, it's they do through actions. And and Marsha certainly struck me as someone who who did exactly that. And and uh, am I correct that you you captained uh, on the odd occasion South Africa, or am I wrong? Trying um, no, there was. W- there was um, one, I think, one match in 2010 um, where uh, Giles, Giles had just come into the system um, and we were in, in China on a tour and the captaincy was rotating a little bit and like Leslie and George uh, captained a little bit because um, I don't think Marsha was there for the whole period. And then, yeah, they gave me a go once, but uh, no, for me it was, it, I, it was, I was not the right fit for, for that group of players or I, I think I wouldn't have been able to cope to be honest. Well, yeah, well I was actually going to ask that because was it something that you, you ever aspired to achieve? Uh, I mean you, you, you've got uh, captaincy uh, experience when it comes to provincial level with the Medicwe Rangers uh, but on a national level rather someone else carry that on that. Yeah and, and I think Exactly that. And, and I mean, we did personality traits where, where, you know, we always categorize us according to colors and Marshy was a blue through and through, which was rational. And I think I'm too emotional for that level. Um, and yeah, it, it was something that I, I never, of course, it would be cool, but I know that I wouldn't be the best person for the job at that level. So I was pretty happy with that and um, less pressure. And then I just had to focus on my game and um, make sure I gave my best for the team, you know. 
Yeah, I, I remember we actually had this discussion um, when one of your many uh, appearances on the show, and <laughs> and we spoke about that personality trait, and and it really caught my attention because I'd love to know, and uh, we're probably flogging a dead horse, but uh, it's worth repeating. Uh, what was all in that personality test? I mean, I don't expect you to remember it word for word, but uh, it's quite interesting. It's okay, cool. Well, we're going to select our captain. Here's a here's a test to 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 prove it. Yeah, it, it's quite funny. It, 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 we did it. We focus a lot on it in the Giles era, um, and we're categorized into four colors, if I'm not mistaken. So it was green, blue, purple, and red. So the reds were like they just they don't necessarily think about think it through. They just go and they react. And then you get the purples that um, you know are all happy and bubbly, and that was <laughs> Marcel. She's going to kill me. And then the rational thinkers like Amasha blue, um, where they all you know everything will be well thought out and all of that jazz. And then the greens, which um, is is a few of us, which we the emotional, we overthink. And it, it actually generally landed up being as all the defenders. So it was quite a, a cool activity to do. Um, but yeah, it was lots of uh, lots of fun when we when we did uh, realize who was who because it, it was spot on, you know, throughout the squad. Derek, I have some news. Is you know you mentioned a certain somebody there, Lise. So why don't we ask that somebody for their input? Lisa Dietlifs, what an absolute champion. I am so proud of you. You're an inspiration and a role model to so many hockey players in South Africa. You have had the most incredible career and it is inspiring to all of us, old players, new players, and I wish you all the best for your retirement. And I know that you are going to be absolutely amazing in your new journey ahead. And just know that you have so much support with you in the hockey community, as well as your friends and your teammates. And I am super proud of everything you've accomplished and you should be super proud with it too. Wishing you all the best, Lise, and congratulations on an absolutely incredible and great career. Lots of love, Kiri. Thanks, Tyrant. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry. Uh, you know, we, we, we like to make things special for people. I'll, I'll talk a bit so you have a chance to grab a sip of water. Um, but, I mean, you speak about myself and, and Lisa, no matter where I've gone over the years, I mean, it's been... Sure, 11 years for me of, of covering hockey in South Africa. You have never shied away from being willy, willing and, and helpful and available and giving information. I mean, I think you, you probably took an unfair amount of uh, press duty over the years. You, you faced up, you had a peer for things, and you were always a, a great ambassador. And, and, you know, hearing someone like, Marcel talk like that about you, hearing someone like, uh, you know, there's a few others that, that speak so highly of you. I mean, again, I, I know I said it at the start, but but it really must hit home how impactful your your presence in the hockey community was. Sure. Sorry, I'm just trying to um, gather myself a little bit. But, um, yeah, I always say, like Tara and I, um, I've always... I've never done this for myself. I've always wanted to do it for the team, for, you know, for the younger players and trying to create a legacy and trying to 
create a platform that we can just continue to grow and get better, you know, as SA Women's Hockey. So I hope I've made an impact. Um, I know it's been, it hasn't been, a, hasn't always been, you know, the best in, in terms of me playing. I know that and I, and, and I just hope that, yeah, I hope that I've I've made an impact or, or inspired someone in some way or another to to play this beautiful game and, and to want to rep- represent the, the, your country, you know. Um, yeah, I'm battling to find the words, to be honest. Okay, let's let's go into a, a happy note. Uh, of course, I mean it's all been happy, but yeah, yeah no doubt it's been very emotional. But uh, uh, I always do ask this, and I probably have asked you it already. I, I forget, but uh, let's maybe you've added some more to the list. Who knows? Maybe Tokyo cracks the nod, but. Obviously, we are massive traveling fundies, and unfortunately, uh, we've been robbed of travel over the last year and a bit. Uh, I'm lucky I'm off to Namibia in a couple of days' time, though, so that's quite cool. Um, but your top five destinations where hockey took you to, uh, I'd love to know, Lise. Sure. Um, yeah, I think Tokyo was awesome. Um, I think I loved Argentina. Um, fortunate enough to go to Australia. Um, I would even say Hong Kong was quite cool before uh, Beijing. We went to Hong Kong, and I'm trying to think of the next one. Um, Kenya was actually pretty fun, to be honest, for Africa Cup. So I would say those. You, you know, I, I always bring this up with with Argentina. It's a, it's a country I spend quite a lot of time in. Absolutely love it, and. I, I'm always amazed at how similar it is to South Africa in certain ways, uh, the people, yeah. but particularly when it comes to the food and, and the wine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't know about the wine, <laughs> but um, the food definitely. But the only problem for me was eating those steaks at like 10 o'clock at night. Mm. That for me, you're was a bit hectic. Yeah, because you so can't... you're retiring, you can tell the secrets now. You don't have to hide <laughs> <No>. them. <now. laughs> I still have. I can't. Why? Mine and me. I still can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. that, that that makes you the odd one out from the Crusaders Hockey Club. I know, right? That's okay. <laughs> uh, and and I mean, Lisa, talking about wine, talking about Crusaders. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, club hockey is a great place for a fine session. Who's been the best fans masters you've had over the years? Oh, um, I would say the best one was actually um, the older McDade. I can't remember his name now. I'm sorry. I feel so bad. But um, he was fans master for us when we played us in 2006 when it was still a bit of a party um, before it turned quite serious. Um, he was phenomenal. And then I would say, whew, it's a bit of a, a difficult one. Um, Cole Moulton as well. Um, for old, when he, we had Riverside, he was quite he was quite hilarious. I would say those two, yeah. And uh, I mean, over the years, uh, best roommate that you've had to share with? Sure. Yeah, I'm this is a tough one because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I love all my roommates when we go on tour, just uh, as long as it's not Derek, because otherwise I don't get to go to sleep. Well, to be honest, they chopped and changed for quite a while. Um, and then when it became set in stone, I would say Ilda Davids. Ilda and I, yeah, we we had a lot of fun times together. I would say Ilda. All right. And uh, if you were 
going on a tour, which player was the most addicted to their cell phones? Lillian Duplessis. Oh, yeah, what, okay, what? that's fair. I, I, I mean, that's, it's almost as quick as everyone answers with Tyson and Lungwana. Um, but she has gotten better, I will say. She has definitely gotten better. <laughs> Look, we, we, I remember in the earlier years, you used to, uh, if you wanted an update on what was going on, uh, we just made sure we were following Lillian's social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think and- Nicole Walraven's actually taken over now, to be honest. Yeah, Nicole. Nicole is a fairly uh, well updated person. A, a cool story about her being a fourth generation Olympian. Yeah, at, very at Tokyo. Cool. The four different sports is, I think, what made it really cool. But yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, Anissa, over the years, you've obviously played with a whole bunch of of teammates. But I thought to do something a little bit different, let's pick because uh, you know. You are the okay. No, wait. I'll, I'll I'll hold this statement back a little bit. Let's pick the class clown five. Who are the five biggest class clowns you've had in your squads over the years? And it can be national, provincial, wherever you're comfortable. Okay, I'll take Jen Wilson, uh, Marcel Keats, uh, Nicoline, to Blanche. I would say Bernie Coston. Hmm, and I would even say Tonella Polo. Yeah, I mean, Polo's still still a class clown right (laughs) now. Even when she was on the podcast during Tokyo, she was an absolute clown. And uh, I I have an important question is, who do you believe can replace you as the hockey head girl? Hockey girl, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, that, that question that question came from uh, Marsha Cox. I can imagine, damn it, Marsha. Um, sure. Let me think about it. I think Rob Johnson is quite close. Um, yeah, I would say Robin Johnson. <laughs> I'm just letting that sink in because I know Rob sort of listen every now and again. Um Lisa, then, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you've had a great partnership with Osaka over the years. Um, you know, uh, Ricky and, and Miguel and the guys behind Osaka did a fantastic job. What other, I mean, obviously them, but also what other partners and uh, sponsors have you had that, uh, I mean, I know you're a big uh, sponsor for Sports Tape, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, this is your opportunity to, to give them some love. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I was very fortunate um, to to be granted a sponsorship when I was quite young with Griffin, and I was with them for a good, I'd say, six, seven years as well. Um, so, yeah, very thankful to them. And also, then after that was Adidas, um, which I was also, you know, I was with them for, for six years. Um, and, of course, you know, we know that their gear and everything's phenomenal too. So, huge thank you to them. And then, yeah, Saka, I mean, uh, I'm actually meeting with Ricky tomorrow. Um, I just said to him, you know, this is what's going to happen, but, you know, I need to just come and thank you and, and have a meeting with you. So I'll go and chat to them tomorrow. But, yeah, I, I, I honestly could never have asked for a better sponsor. Um, I know we tried, I think we tried in 2013, but um, it didn't work out in terms of my past contract. So then I eventually signed with them in 2015. And, I mean, I've been so happy and 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 honoured to to you know been given you know their backing for so many years. So I owe him and Miguel so much. 
And then, yeah, like you say, this is the, the tape. I had a sponsor for Mueller because um, I was using quite a bit of tape. So I'm very grateful um, to them as well for, for giving me a load of tape um, over <laughs> the past few years. <laughs> Lisa, as we wrap up, and I mean, this is going to be a very loaded question, but uh, the first thing that, that pops into your head, tell us one overriding memory or story that sticks out from your South African hockey career that you will forever cherish? Sure. I've actually hit a blank because there's so many. Um, <laughs> sure, that's a hard one. Know. You know what? I actually think I think it's my first tournament in Stellenbosch and, and Marsha said that she wanted to room with me. And uh, I'll never forget before playing that first match because it was a toss-up if I was going to play or not. I was supposed to just be there to train. And she just turned around to me and she said, you know what, Lisa, it's just another game of hockey. Don't make it more than what it is. And I think that's something that stuck with me. I even said to to some of the kids I coach now, you know, and I think that for me is a, a very powerful memory um, that will stick out, I think, like a sore thumb. Um, I know it's not playing-wise, but, yeah, that's something that I think I'll never, ever forget. So, I mean, Marsha has been a massive impact on you. And Marsha, of course, sent us a little note oh, for no. you as well. So I'm going to play it. This is Lisa. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Lisa, thank you for everything. Thank you for an amazing decade of just over a decade of service. Thank you for always being um, such a, a willing helper, willing voice. Uh, such a good friend to Hockey the Magazine, Hockey the Podcast, and in our previous incarnations as Hockey 24-7 and all things JW. It has been an absolute honor, not just watching you play, but calling you a friend. And I obviously look forward to still seeing you play when I go watch Belgatex Elite and when I go yeah. watch uh, IPT and and getting you on board so us hockey nerds can have a chat Um we're going to finish the interview with the the, the Marsha chat so that uh, I don't force you to respond to it. <laughs> um, but all we can say from Hockey the Podcast is thank you. Thank you. And Tyron, to you and Derek, thank you so, so much for everything. And yeah, like you said, it's been quite a few years and just really appreciate, you know, the fact that you guys did get involved with hockey and, and continue to, to do such wonderful things for our sport. So thank you so, so much for all you do and continue to do it. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That, that is Lisa Dietlis. And to close it out, here is Marsha Cox. Hey, Lisa. Uh, it's Marsha here. Just want to say congratulations on an incredible career for South African women's hockey. Your dedication, your commitment, your relentless drive and fight um, is something that everybody has always admired and perhaps never told you enough um, how much it actually meant to the team and how much it means to players of the future as well. Um, you always set the standard high. And I think that a lot of players and a lot of spectators um, will miss seeing um, seeing you on the field. Um, 
wow, it's it's kind of hard to picture the team without you. But I wish you all the success for the next chapter in your life. Um, I think that you will make a success of anything that you do. And I know that the little kids that are lucky to be coached by you um, will cherish everything, every lesson that they can learn from you. Um, and know that it comes from a place of incredible experience and um, just pure passion. Um, and yeah, I think we'll have a good laugh at all the strapping that will no longer need to be used. Um, I think <laughs> I think that um, yeah, you will not miss strapping your body up. Um, I don't know what you'll miss more. Or what you won't miss more, should I say? The strapping or the ice baths? <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, congratulations again, Lisa. You've been an incredible um, player and person for the South African women's hockey team. And I know that you will be missed dearly. But we wish you all the best. And welcome to the life of retirement <laughs> um yeah lots of love uh, Marsha. we gotta get a comment lise how are you feeling <laughs> oh the tears are streaming down the face <laughs> shame um yeah what a champ yeah i don't know what else to say <laughs> oh as, as are you lisa dietlifsa Congratulations on an absolutely stellar career. Thanks for joining us again on Hockey the Podcast. It, it won't be the last time just because you're saying farewell to the international arena. We'll have you on plenty more. Uh, you can take those appearances into double figures uh, in the near future. But uh, yeah, well done on a, on a magnificent uh, international career. And uh, yeah, enjoy international retirement, as you heard Marsha say. It's actually a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, congratulations once again. Three-time Olympian, three-time Commonwealth game attendee, uh, and the list just goes on and on and on. You can be immensely proud of what you've achieved uh, of in close to almost two decades of international hockey, and uh, there's absolutely no doubt in our minds that uh, you'll go on to achieve even bigger and better things in your international retirement. Thanks so much, Lise. Cheers. Thank you, Thank you Derek. Thank you. And thanks, Tyrant.